You are entering the Twilight Zone in a world where the Astros can have a 3-0 lead going into eighth inning with two outs, and Ryan Stanek and Montero can give up seven runs. How does that happen? And then you have the game on Sunday where Belak pitches as well as he could, but you can't score any runs. This is what we're going to talk about on this edition of the Locked On Astros podcast that starts now. Alvarez hits a high drive center field. Beerling's back. This game is turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we update you to join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. Find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can they find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. All right. I know there's not a lot to be positive after this, um, after the series. I know Friday had its ups and downs, but you had Alvarez, you had Tucker that had good series, but uh, good a game in that one. But JP France started good. This is some of the stuff we're going to be talking about. And Altuve, he took some batting practice and he looked good. How good? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Chaz McCormick, Michael Brantley, they're coming back soon. When? And Luis Garcia, he's out for the season, Brett. I can't believe this. We'll have to talk about that. Um, and then also we're going to talk about the rest of the series and look ahead towards Angel. So make sure you tune in and uh, stay tuned to the Locked on Astros podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube. Go ahead and keep on subscribing. Go ahead and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you check out your podcasts. Go and check out the Locked on Astros podcast. So, uh, Brett, if you're looking at um, what happened today, before we get to the series, I think let's get to the injuries. The injuries seems to be something that is primary on everybody's mind right now because the Astros desperately need some help. What are mm-hmm. they saying about Jose Altuve? Well, Jose Altuve, they say within, I guess, the next week or so, could be sent on a rehab assignment to begin hitting and that would make that would mean that he probably I would think would be here by the end of May, um, first part of June. Um, I would almost like to think that what they'll do is, and I believe Dana Brown said this is I think he's ready for what's called a 10 day IL stint. If that starts the time clock, then they'll just have to wait those 10 days, which gives him enough time to to get to Sugarland. Sugarland actually comes back this next week um, at home. And then that would, I think the timeline with them being at home and the Astros being away for nine games, by the time they come back to Houston, he may be on the precipice or on the cusp of doing that. But the fact that he was hitting home runs, hitting for a second day in a row, swinging with no pain is definitely a good sign. And after a an anemic offensive output against the Mariners this weekend, right. it couldn't come at a better time because – 
you look to the other side of the West and the freaking Rangers are crushing the Angels like 16 to 8 or something like that. I mean, these other teams are scoring a lot of runs. The only team that's pretty much not even there, MIA or the Oakland A's or the Las Vegas low blinds or whatever you want to call them, um, they are having a terrible season. And look, the sky's not falling. We're back at 500. I know there's a lot of concerns, but hopefully Altuve, the the 10-day IL stint, I think, should be announced here within the next few days, I believe. Okay, so Alex Centrone said that's some of his best swings I've ever seen him take in BP and the cage. Consistency-wise, intensity, it's amazing. And he also and Joe Espada said also that it's amazing where he's at right now. He looks game ready. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but he looks game ready. And the fact that he's hitting balls 450 feet, that's pretty special. I'm not surprised he's doing that right now. But when you see it, you just can't believe it. And so I think they're going to play it safe with him. They're not going to rush yeah. him back. They're not going to – you see how they've kind of uh, baby-stepped with Michael Brantley, took the long st- process to get him back. And I think especially after – I mean, despite the team calling him Wolverine with uh, with his healing process, Jose Altuve, I think – I don't think they're going to rush him, but I think the end of May would be a good – idea for when we can expect to see him back but there's been some other news um michael brantley and Chaz mccormick are coming back sometime this week it's expected that Chaz mccormick is likely to come back first and then michael brantley likely the next day so likely monday from what we understand for Chaz, and then tuesday depending on how michael brantley looks uh and he's been playing a little bit of first base let's not read too much into that right brett yeah, and I mean, I mean, that's what the club says, but you always have to have an option. Obviously, David Hensley first base option is not looking optimal, you know, one for right. 31 or whatever. Um, Hensley really, to me, has been a surprise in the disappointing way because we thought with the plate discipline he exercised in the playoffs and crunch time, hey, that's hopefully going to translate to the 2023 season. And it just simply hasn't. And Maybe that's attributed to Hensley not getting everyday play in time. We do know that baseball can sometimes be a rhythm sport, but then again, we got regulars that have been in rhythm all season and they haven't seemed to find their way into, you know, success. I mean, but let's not forget, you know, today, Jose Abreu hit a double. Um, It wasn't a home run, but it was a double. He got on base and he actually scored. He scored the lone run today. He was knocked in. Um, the Astros clearly have confidence in him, but to have another first base option, why are they not putting Diaz at first base? Um, and if you're going to work Brantley at first base, why the hell wouldn't you put him at first base in the major leagues for a game or two? doesn't mean he's taking Jose Abreu's spot. Sometimes the dude needs a breather. He's clearly shown decline this year and it's time that they start doing something. I, I, I know you're paying him a lot of money. But you know what? He's a human being just like the other guys. And sometimes a reset is a good thing. You're not sending them down. You're not demoting them. So it would be interesting to see if they do put anybody else there at first base. I really think they need to take the whole he's 36 years old, former MVP hat off and say, all right, Abreu, we're going to let Diaz start a game. Every fifth game, we're going to let Brantley start a game. All right. I, I just I don't know. Like, why not at this point? 
Well, I think it was uh, what they did was they sat him as a DH and took him off the field, thinking that would help a little bit. And he did get a couple walks in Saturday's game, and we saw him make a de- some decent comment, uh, so not comments, but uh, contact in Sunday's game. So, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I see comments over some here. Decent, we definitely <laughs> are getting some decent comments right now. Yes, but um, I think. I think that what they're going to do, if they're going to get Michael Brantley into a major league game at first base, it's going to be either in a blowout in a game that doesn't matter. Just right, to get him some experience there. So Luis Garcia, since we last talked, um, it was announced that he will undergo the Tommy John surgery. It has not been announced when he will have it, but he's out for the entire season. And that would explain what happened that other day. Um, when he only threw eight pitches and Jose Arquiti uh, said he will be shut down from throwing from 10 days on May 2nd, but they're expecting that he's going to be back um, probably sometime around the all-star break. So that's around July. So it looks like Brandon Belak and JP France are going to be in the starting rotation until Lance McCullers comes back and Lance McCullers I uh, did throw a bullpen, and so he's making progress. So That's he's good. still a month away. It's good to have like all the little parts that you might need, but it's way too early to be talking about what they can do. Yeah, that's right. For a championship team like the Houston Astros, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And I know some of y'all would argue, well, maybe they don't have the perfect fit right now. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop at eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If everybody is interested in still listening to the Astros and they haven't jumped off the Astros bandwagon, then they can catch all the Astros and Angels game every play Every catch of the hometown broadcast Monday night, 910 Central Standard Time. That's right. On the SXM app, search Astros. All right. Yeah, definitely. And I think pretty soon the all the Locked On Astros podcasts will be on Sirius XM as well. And that's super exciting. So I'm glad that we're starting to partner up with them. Yeah. But I, I know that a lot of people are like, well, shouldn't the Astros go out right now and trade for a starter? But I don't think that's how it works. And Dana Brown kind of addressed this. And he said it's very difficult to go outside organization right now. If there's something that makes sense from the outside, we'll do it. It's just that in the month of May, no one's interested in giving up starters. (laughs) We'll work as hard as we can to find starters. I don't think teams are motivated to give up starters. It's probably going to be overpay, but it doesn't mean that you don't look. We'll We do have some internal candidates, but at the end of the day, it's going to be very difficult this time of year. So it's too early. Usually you have to wait till closer to the trade deadline. And some of the internal candidates that he's talking about is maybe Renel Blanco, who was sent down option. We haven't talked about that to get up JP France, but the reason why he was optioned was to extend him out to be a starter. 
Okay, yeah, and, and you know that makes sense. And you know he he's he's been a mixed bag of good so far. He hasn't done super great, but he he hasn't been terrible. Um, their internal options, I don't think, are like make me super excited baseball wise. But you have to play with the hand that you're dealt, and I think the Astros will navigate this fine. Bottom line is the offense has been a complete shell of itself. And um, while I know other shows are assuming that the Astros have hit some proverbial wall where they're never going to return to greatness and all these things, that simply couldn't be farther from the truth. It is May 7th. And look, if I'm saying this on August 7th, then maybe there's a proverbial wall for this season. But it's, it's difficult to repeat a championship. And I know the expectations are high, but what we have to do is hope that guys like Belak and France can really help sustain and hold the line. At the same time, our veterans are not getting it done at the plate. Alex Bregman, he may be getting walks, but he needs to be getting RBI. He needs to be getting hits. He needs to be getting home runs. Home runs at home. He, right. he loves hitting home runs at home. He's hit one at Minute Maid Park. And, and um, Abreu looks sometimes absolutely lost the plate. He, he's got to figure it out. And when Diaz gets his shot every fourth game, like I'm so frustrated why they're not giving him more starts, he, he needs to contribute. And sometimes he has. He'll go in there and have a two-for-four game. But he needs more opportunities. And so at some point, the fan base's cries and concerns become legitimate, Okay the concerns of Dusty's managing or lack of managing or bullpen management or who he's putting in, you know, it's just, you, you have to at some point question things as they go along. I try to temper my expectations knowing that baseball is going to happen every once in a while, you're going to give up a seven run inning and that's going to happen. But it just seems like right now, more times than not, Eric, the offense is just, not there well i'm going to disagree with you on the internal options because one of them showed off a, a pretty good on saturday we'll talk about that in a second but i do want to address alex bregman real quick he's 0 for 4 uh he went 0 for 4 today he is now slashing 195 322 320 after 152 plate appearances yes like you said he's getting the walks he has four home runs i believe he has 13 rbis off the top of my head but um, him and Abreu have all start, have both started all 31 Astros games just because you don't really have anybody really to replace them. And you don't have anybody to play first base. David Hensley isn't giving you reason to say, hey, put him in, even though he did start for him at first base on uh, Saturday, but he still stayed in game as DH. And then uh, nobody's really out over there playing third base instead of Alex Bregman. So they're going to have to play him out. And that's what Dusty Baker's way. And I saw somebody in the comments say that Jose Abreu doesn't want an off day. He wants to be able, he <laughs> wants to play his way out of it. But that's, that's the okay. veteran way of doing it. And it is, um, it is. I understand that, but I'm sorry. Um, they give rest days for other reasons like rest and a 36-year-old that's showing decline early in the season, maybe he needs rest. I, I, I mean, if rest is constituted for a 24-year-old player, why in the heck doesn't it constitute rest for a 36-year-old player? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, don't tell me that you're resting players 
to extend them over the season, but you have a 36-year-old guy who's not doing crap at the plate, but you're not willing to rest him because he wants to play through it, maybe he needs a rest. Maybe that's the best thing for the player. Maybe the player doesn't always have his best interest in mind because he's a competitor. That's what you want. You want your guy going out there. I want Abreu to want to be out there. Dude, let's just take a chill pill. Let's just not play this game. Why don't you know what? When our young hitters get up, I need you sitting right next to them, talking to them about the next at bat, about your approach, about how you got to a 311, you know, career runners in scoring position. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Because in reality, it's not whether you're in or you're out. It's how much you're contributing. And Jose Abreu can contribute on the bench for a game. I'm not saying he loses a starting job. I'm just saying, why is it okay to rest a 24-year-old, but it's not okay to rest a 36-year-old? Ah. Can we please talk about J.P. France instead of um, Jose Abreu? J.P. France showed up <laughs> legitimately. Uh, I mean... He's one of four Astros uh, rookies to start a, their major leagues with five or more shutout innings. You know who he joined? Do you know which pitchers? No, I don't. Um, you should. You should. Uh, JP uh, joined. It was Jared Cosart, Carlos okay. Hernandez, and Hunter Brown as the only pitchers to in Astros history in their major league debut to throw five or more shutout innings in their major league debut. I did not know Jared Cozart was on that list. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure the baseball nerds will crucify me for that, but had no idea Jared Cozart was on that. Yeah. So his, his start didn't get off to a great start. I mean, he struck out, out a batter, then he allowed a single, then a walk, and then a hit by pitcher. But then he stri- strike out, strike out. So he threw well, 29 he had, pitches in the first inning. Huh? He had four strikeouts in his first two innings, though. Yeah. JP France did phenomenal. JP France, like the team, I hope they all apologize to him after that. That was hogwash. Like, how do you do that? How do you implode? I mean, they should have scored more than three runs, Eric. They they ruined his debut. Now, JP France afterwards was that this is one cool cat. This dude has grinded for six years in the minor leagues. And he finally got there. And every time he talked about it, he got emotional. I absolutely love it. The whole mustache thing, the stash gang is coming to Houston. I'm just saying, be on the lookout for it. But JP France, good job, son. That was a great outing. And I think that right there will give him confidence as the next start. That will give the team confidence with him going out there. So it's a very good thing what we saw despite the loss that night. And it was good to see... Jordan Alvarez go over there and reach into the stands to get that final out when he was struggling a little bit. It's good to see your guys go out of their way to uh, make that final out in the fifth inning. So he was able to go five innings. Um, So that was great to see. And the Astros should have won that game. They're up three to nothing in the eighth inning, two outs. Montero was up. And it's just like with somebody like Montero, it's like, Okay, this is the guy you paid a lot of money for in offseason. He was your prized um, offseason pickup, um, I mean, in addition to Jose Abreu. And then he gave up four runs. Then Stanek came, came in and gave up three runs. And it was just like, what the heck happened? It was just a bunch of singles, bloops, well, then a double by J.P. Crawford, and then everything just fell apart. The walk and the double, yes. 
Um, but those defensive flubs behind him, those aren't on him. Right. Um, that outing, when I went back and looked, when I went back and looked over everything that went down in that inning, you cannot put that because I did initially. I was like, oh my gosh, this was not the play, putting Montero in. But then after I went back and looked, this wasn't on him. He he's got a defense behind him that has to make sound defensive decisions, not throwing the ball away, not running into each other. And the defense just simply didn't do their part. But the Astros do live to play another day. Their season's not over. They play the Angels Monday at 9, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can catch every pitch of the Astros' hometown broadcast with Sparky and Ford on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Astros. And very soon, you will be able to catch the Lock on Astros podcast on all Sirius XM um, whether it's streaming or whatever. But let me tell you, if you listen to the show, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, if you would, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. That would mean a lot to us. And go to our YouTube channel and check out our poll, Are You an Everydayer? And answer the poll. Let us know how often you listen. Last time I checked, we had a little over 300 votes. I would love to get that up more. I'd love to hear every person how many times you listen to us, or if you're new, let us know. So thank y'all so much for your support. All right. So I know in uh, Saturday's game, we, there was a little bit of controversial call um, at home plate where it looked like the catcher blocked off Mauricio Dubon, but uh, we talked about it. Uh, you mm-hmm. and I talked about it and they kind of talked about it on air. And they said that it was the fact that the ball beat him so far ahead that the rule didn't really apply in that situation. And so um, exactly. Yeah. In, do you know what the numbers of the rule are? What? 7-1.3. Like 7-1-3, the area code. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so 7-1.3, um, and I believe I sent it to you over text, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. Um. Yeah, so. There's been a lot um, of losing since then. <laughs> there has been. So rule, rule. Gosh, I wish I had it pulled up. Um, That's fine. Keep going, and I'll and I'll. Uh, we find can move it, on right? from that. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. The Astros lost that game. Um, and then in today's game, Brandon Belak, to his credit, he didn't pitch terribly. He didn't pitch great. He allowed ten hits, which is way too much. Only allowed two earned runs. Okay, one of them was a missile by Julio Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, he didn't have any strikeouts. One run scored on a error by Jose Abreu, where it basically went in between his legs. And then you also had a run score on Matt Gage's balk, where it's basically just his pitching motion. So I don't know if you've ever watched him, but he does this little toe tap before he gets set to throw. He and does. the umpire called him for a balk on that. And so uh, Dusty Baker was like, Wait, he does it. He's done it before. He's done he it on every it pitch afterwards. Every Why time. just that one situation? Why do you have to give that? So Dusty Baker got some clarification, and he said that it's because he shifted twice. But then he just he said that they're they're seeking clarity from MLB on the rule because he, Gage has done that in the two games he's pitched so far, and nobody said yeah. anything. No, yeah. Um, I love Matt Gage being on this team, and let's just hope that he kind of gets that that cleaned up. We don't need any balk calls or balking and runs or anything like that. Just kind of adds insult to injury. You know, sometimes I don't know. Like there are just there are just some calls that, for instance, the do you remember the call where the diving tag of the runner that tried to extend sliding into second base 
and uh, Mauricio Dubon caught a ball from the outfield. Jake Myers threw it in. I believe it was J.P. Crawford tried to extend um, his single to a double, and he tagged his foot before it got to the base. Mm-hmm. And they called him safe, and he stayed there. They didn't. They didn't overturn the call. Um, New York got it wrong. And what is the point of reviewing a call if you're not going to overturn the obvious ones? I even saw Locked On Reds host uh, co-host Jeff Carr um, talk about, you know, why are we reviewing calls if we're not going to reverse the obvious calls that are wrong? It makes no sense. And so the umpires don't have any control over it. Now it's 100% New York. Like they basically put headphones on a way for someone to say safe or out. That was, that was frustrating. But those are the things you have to nitpick at when you have such an abysmal showing for the offense. You know, Kyle Tucker hit into a lot of unlucky outs. He, he lined out a lot when he wasn't contributing, but really some of the only contributors all series was from the bat of, of Tucker and Alvarez. They continue to mash. Are they going to ever mess with this lineup? I know Dusty loves varying lineups. Are we going to move a brave down any, are we going to change Bregman's spot? Are we like, like what are we going to do when Brantley comes back? And I just, I just want to know, is there any kind of creative thing that we can do to spark something in this offense? And you know what I noticed? The Mariners continued to challenge Jordan Alvarez, even though Abreu was behind him, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty, pretty bad managing of, of their, of their pitching staff. Cause more times than not, he did something well. Like when he hit, when he hit the opposite field ball and scored a couple runs, he didn't hit a home run, but he killed him with just hitting the ball to left field. He just poked it into left field. And so why do you challenge this guy? Jordan clearly is having a very good season. I would like him to have a great season, though. All right, so I know the big elephant in the room today was what happened where the the benches cleared and there was almost a little brawl. And it was because of a call timeout with less than eight seconds. And Martin Malnado took exception to that. And a rookie who's played maybe 31 at bats or something like that uh, was like chirping at the umpire or like Scott service was getting upset and everything. But Jose Carballero uh, was just like uh, Martin Malnado just said, Hey, get back in a box or, or he said, get the F back in a box or something like that. And that's what caused the whole uh, fracas. So we could have just got, had a, um, a big fight there where Martin Malonado could have got injected or something, but cooler heads prevailed in that situation. And Jose Abreu showed why he's on the team. He was the guy that was holding Martin Malonado back and just saying, it's not worth it. Don't worry about it. But uh, it's just funny how just something as a timeout would just lead to benches clearing but well it just... well i think too i think you know frustration at some point probably sets in with the astros um i don't mind every once in a while an astros player getting up in the grill of another one um sometimes i think that raw emotion can be a motivator i i think sometimes getting in the face of another player or getting things riled up i'm not saying go to because you know go to fist and like fighting i'm not saying promote violence but i'm just saying sometimes that just that gladiator mentality, you know, um, not the full on Liriano charging after a backup catcher like he did when he was with the A's, right? But 
I want to see that fire. I want to see some of these players get emotional. I want to see if we hit a game winning home run, I want to see a bat flip. I want to see a bat flipped out of the stadium. Like, like I, I need to see more emotion out of this team. It might be helpful. Yeah. So I, I think that this series, the Astros just need to move on. Yes. The Mariners are excited that they beat the Astros and uh, Mariners fans are all excited and everything, but we need to move on to the angels. The angels are ahead of us in the division and now we're tied with the Mariners in the division. So all we can do at this point is just keep on winning, keep on beating teams in AOS. So um, for the angel series, you're going to have Hunter Brown Monday against Patrick Sandoval. Then on Tuesday, it's going to be the marquee matchup of Framer Valdez versus Shohei Otani. And wow. then on uh, Wednesday, it's going to be Christian Javier, versus Griffin Canning. So this is definitely going to be a uh, epic series. This is not going to be an easy series by any means. So the Astros need to take care of business. The Astros and the Angels have both lost the last two games. The Astros in the last 10 are four and six. The Angels are six and four. The Rangers just beat them up pretty good. Um, and I think we go in LA and this is a winnable series. But I thought the Mariners series was winnable. <laughs> Especially after the after the first game, I was like, oh, look, we're going to win at least two out of three. Boy, was I wrong. I really hope I'm not wrong about this, but I really think that Hunter Brown's going to take care of business. The Astros bats are going to hopefully wake up. Brantley and Chaz come back. I'm excited. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse. He's Eric the Van Heisman. Find him at Eric Talk Strohs. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts because we are your team every, every day. day. Go Strohs. Go Strohs. Go get a Maldi.